Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll go through the Hawks' wild 141-145 to loss to the Brooklyn Nets. We'll talk about Vince joining Bob and Neek on the call, Bogdan Bogdanovich's second big game, John Collins just having a monster effort, and the Gallinari injury, unfortunately. Without further ado, let's get into it. The dream of a 72-0 season dashed by just a really fun game. The Hawks and Brooklyn Nets just had a real slugfest from the offensive end. A 141-145 to loss for the Hawks, win for the Nets. And that was just a wild game to watch. I mean, both teams put up monster offensive numbers. There were some great efforts on both sides of the ball. And it was the Hawks' really first test this season. Uh, the 3-0 start was really nice for the Hawks, but they had beaten the Bulls, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Detroit Pistons. There wasn't really that marquee win in those first three games. And going up to Brooklyn, a team getting Kyrie and KD back this season was really going to be the first test for the young Hawks, and it did not disappoint. The Hawks really jumped out early. Again, they usually give up the first couple buckets in the game, it seems, but the Hawks just jumped out and had a monster first quarter. They ended up um, scoring 41 points, another 40-point quarter for the Hawks, um, and taking a three-point lead into the second quarter. Uh, the team slowed down a little bit. They, The Hawks, I think one thing to note in this was they had a wonderful first quarter, but they only found themselves up three points, and I think that really would come back into play as it got to the end of the game and into the fourth quarter. But the Hawks played so wonderfully, but were just not able to secure a huge lead. Um, the second quarter was slower for both teams. Hawks only putting up 27 points. The Brooklyn Nets putting up 29. And the Hawks went into halftime with a one-point lead. They were able to extend that lead in the third quarter, um, scoring 36 points. But in the fourth quarter, KD and Kyrie came alive and were able to guide the Nets to a win. And it was just a wonderful game. There weren't a lot of turnovers uh, for as many points as they were put up. I think there was 20 total turnovers between the two teams and it was a lot of good shot making um, and just a really uh, fast paced game the Hawks did get to the free throw line I think that's something that's going to be just consistent throughout this season that the Hawks are getting to the free throw line and they led the free throw shooting they had 35 attempts at the free throw line making 29 to the Nets 23 attempts with 18 and a lot of those go to one Trey Young and Trey had himself a very good game. We'll go through some of the big players for the Atlanta Hawks. But Trey had a huge game of 30 points, 11 assists, and 6 rebounds. He was only 18 of, or 8 of 18 from the field, and he didn't make any of his three-pointers. And um, As wonderful as he is getting to the free-throw line, and he got back to the free-throw line for 16 attempts and made 14 of them, I wonder if he uh, is relying too much on that. I think it's way too early to say anything on that, but... He just didn't seem to get in rhythm, and he knows he can always get to the free throw line. And um, with the amount of ball handling that the Hawks now have off ball or away from Trey, I think he should be able to get some more attempts away from the basket at the three-point line and and get some catch-and-shoot threes that might help him get these points a little easier. But he looked 
He's, you know, again, in control. It didn't really matter who was guarding Trey, uh, whether it was Kyrie, Joe Harris, or any of the other nets that they threw at him. He was just playing really wonderful basketball. And uh, he did get crunched. One of the fouls that he took driving into the line, and DeAndre Jordan just uh, came to meet him and, and really crunched Trey. And those were actually the two free throws that he missed. But Trey putting up huge numbers again. 30 points, 11 assists. John Collins, as I talked about at the intro, John just had a monster game. He was really asked to do a lot uh, as, as part of the starting group. He was had the initial uh, task of guarding Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie were really quiet the first three quarters of this game. Um, so John Collins played pretty well defensively. And then he went 12 of 20 from the field, hit two three-pointers. He also had 30 points. He had 10 rebounds, a steal, only four fouls, and he just looked really engaged. Um, He hasn't had kind of his breakout game this season, and for him to come out against the Nets, who have some size, and especially when he's going to have to be putting in as much effort as he did on the defensive side of the ball, whether it was switching on to Kyrie, um, switching in on to Kevin Durant, uh, for him to be this active on the offensive side of the ball was great, and also for him not to get into foul trouble as he has earlier in the season he had a great play on Kevin Durant who was driving to the basket and John just brought his arm down knocked the ball out and was able to secure a steal on um, KD and I just thought John's uh, energy on both sides of the ball was very very important for the Hawks you know he's always going to be there to catch lobs from Trey or Kevin Herter or Rajon Rondo but uh, his activity and just energy level is frankly infectious and um you know this Hawks team they put up 141 points and they're just able to score with anyone because they have a threat on the outside and a threat on the inside Cam Reddish had a wonderful game he was 5 of 11 from the field only 2 of 7 from 3 point land he had 20 points he did get to the free throw line 10 times which was really encouraging to see one effect of the Hawks being so aggressive going to the basket and also having Trey Young is means they are in the bonus a lot of the time. And Cam Reddish was able to take advantage of the fact that the Hawks were able to get in the bonus so early in some of these quarters. He went to the free, free throw line 10 times and made 8 out of his 10 free throws. And he was just looking very assertive. Um, again, it really is easy to show in the stats on the offensive side of the ball. And in fact, uh, Cam didn't have a steal in this game against the Nets, which is odd for him especially after these first few games but I thought he did a very good job on Kevin Durant and it was clear that this was a matchup he was really looking forward to Um, in the third quarter in particular he had a knock away from Kevin Durant where Kevin's just dribbling the ball and Cam's able to get his hand and knock it off of Kevin's leg and get a get the ball to the Hawks so it was you know, Cam is such a player that plays on confidence, and it seems that each game he's able to build his confidence a little bit more. And I, I'm sure measuring himself against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two guys that are definitely some of the best players in the league, is something Cam does. Um, so getting him just to the free throw line again, that's him being aggressive. And there was a couple plays where you, in the past Cam might settle for one of his mid-range shots which he's very good at but instead he took it to the basket and there was a to get back to his defense he had a wonderful play on a fast break where he was able to 
knocked away from Kevin, knocked the ball away from Kevin Durant and saved two points. So Cam is just a blast to watch. Um, again, the Hawks are playing the Nets um, in this little mini, mini series format again on Friday. Um, and I think Cam's a guy to watch in that game because he built so much confidence. I mean, those first three games were wonderful, but for him to actually get to go up against Kevin Durant and really play so well, I'm interested to see what he takes away from that game. Um, DeAndre Hunter had an all right game. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well. It was four of 13, three of nine from his three point shot. He did hit a big three at the near the end of the game to keep the Hawks in it almost allowed the Hawks to kind of get back into the game. But he had 11 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, and he fouled out of the game. Or he had 6 fouls. One of those fouls was a technical foul. Um, And DeAndre doesn't usually get technical fouls. But it was really Kyrie came down the court and John Collins had gotten shaken up at the other end. And so it was a 5-on-4 for the Nets. Uh, DeAndre got right in front of Kyrie, and I think Kyrie was just sort of expecting DeAndre to take the foul since it was four on five. Um, but Kyrie just sort of jumps on top of DeAndre. DeAndre, the foul was called was a hold or something. DeAndre didn't do anything like that at all, and um, I think the technical foul was actually a double technical on DeAndre Hunter and Kyrie Irving. I think the official was just making the call because they expected there to be a foul, but you don't normally see that sort of emotion um from DeAndre again I think he's been very uh emotive in these earlier games just when he hits big shots which has been a ton of fun to see um and for him to step up for himself on an obvious I think non-foul was very good to see but he again just like Cam he was asked to guard Kevin Durant he was asked to guard Kyrie Irving and I think he did a fine job um it's hard to look at this score and we'll go through some of the notable Nets performances and be like, wow, you know, Cam and Hunter did a good job on anybody when a team puts up 145 points on you. But the pace of this game was so high that, you know, there were there was a lot of very good shooting on both sides, and um, there wasn't a lot of turnovers. So it was just a very high-paced game and a lot of good shot-making. Um, and these may be two of the best, you know, top five teams offensively in the league. So I don't know if the score is, you know, of a big uh, indicator of the defensive prowess of either team's styles. The Nets had come into this game with the number one rated defense, at least efficiency-wise, very early in the season. So, um, But I thought Hunter and Cam really held themselves very well against Kyrie and KD. Um, Clint Capella, you know, his second game as, as a Hawk, he was 3 of 7, had 7 points. He had 12 rebounds, including three offensive rebounds that all came on the same possession, I think, where he had kept the ball alive for the Hawks, and that ended in a possession that the, that possession ended with a Hawks three-pointer. Um, he is still clearly getting his legs under him. You can kind of see him feeling his way around on defense, trying to be in the right position. And then on offense, he does a lot of – there's not a lot of plays run for Clint, and – I think the Hawks could help him out a little bit by running a little bit more for him, but he's still getting his legs under him, and um, I'm interested to see how his connection with both John Collins and Trey Young continues to grow because that's going to be important. Um, DeAndre Hunter and, I mean, excuse me, DeAndre Jordan and 
Jared Allen of the uh, Nets are big centers, and that those are matchups that Clint is going to have to go against and really be a positive for the Hawks. So I think it's important that the Hawks continue to to trust Clint Capella and what he's doing on the court. Um, and I, I think that's what they'll continue to do. Now off the bench, we have to talk about Bogdan Bogdanovich. After those first two games where he was a little quiet, he has really come on. He was 7 of 14, 6 of 11 on three-pointers for 22 points. He had four rebounds, an assist, and a steal. And his confidence on the court and his willingness to shoot three-pointers, even when there's a player right in his face, is just incredible. Um, he really provides the Hawks with a knockdown shooter option and a guy that the other team can't leave open. We're going to talk about Joe Harris and how he really kept the Nets in this game early on. And Bogdan provides the Hawks with the same sort of uh, type of player. Um, It's so encouraging to see how well Bogdan is playing now. And I think it was just a matter of time before those shots fell. He's such a hard worker and you can see how much he um, wants to those shots to fall. It's just been a ton of fun to watch him now, whether he's getting a pass from Trey or Rondo or an, uh, whoever on the Hawks and making an open three. And then he had a wonderful drive where he got two Nets players in the air and then was able to kick it to an open Hawks player in the corner for an open three. Um, and you could see the Nets bench was right behind this play and the Nets bench was so excited because they had th- two guys right at the uh, rim to stop Bogey, and then they he gets kicks out this pass to just a wide open uh, player who drained the three. And it was just you know Bogdan is going to continue to be an important part of this Hawks team. Obviously, with the contract that he received, that's that might be obvious. But he's coming off the bench right now. I think there'll be times when he starts for the Hawks, but he really gives this, the Hawks another player to come in and they have guys off the bench who can all get hot at different times. And it was Bogdan's night tonight. He's just not afraid of anybody on the other team. Um, You know, you need a little bit of guys who are so uh, irrational confidence guys or just guys who are not afraid of other players. And Bogdan did that wonderfully. I think we also need to talk about Kevin Herter. He was three of six off the bench, one of two on his three pointers. He had seven points and four assists. His passing continues to stand out. But I would get on Kevin a little bit in that he needs to be shooting more than two three-pointers a game. Um, He's such a wonderful shooter, and there's going to be a lot of open shots. He puts so much pressure on other teams if he's shooting the ball well as well. So just really strong offensive performances from the Hawks to get two 30-point scorers and John Collins and Trey Young. uh, There was just a lot of bucket-making going on in this game. And now we'll get to the Nets players now. The Hawks did a really good job on KD and Kyrie through the first three quarters, um, but then those two superstars uh, erupted for 33 points in the fourth quarter. Um, KD ended the game with 33 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists, almost a triple-double, and he wasn't shooting the ball particularly well at the beginning of the game. Kyrie ended the game with 25 points and 6 assists, again, those two players just really took over in the fourth quarter when it came to winning time. And the Hawks were even able to push the lead up to um, seven points in the fourth quarter, but it didn't really matter with the three-point making and the shot-making from 
those two players. The guys who really kept the Nets in the game early on were Joe Harris um, and kind of the rest of the entire Nets squad. They had seven players in double digits, and I think that was really the flaw in the Hawks' game plan or um, what really held, prevented the Hawks from winning this game is you know KD and Kyrie are going to eventually score their points, but Joe Harris was 8 of 11 from the field, 6 of 8 from three-point land, had 23 points, two rebounds and two assists, and for as good a three-point shooter as Joe is, he just got too many open looks. Um, There were some times the Hawks really had chances to stretch the lead in the first and second quarters, and it seemed every time um, Joe was there to make up some sort of play, whether it be a three-pointer, a cut to the basket, or, or some sort of play. Jared Allen really had a nice game. He was 6 of 7, had 15 points, 13 rebounds. Um, you know, the Hawks had a an edge in the rebounding in this game. They out-rebounded the Nets 54 to 40, um, which led to 24 second-chance points for the Hawks compared to only 12 from Brooklyn. But Brooklyn really just shot the ball well. They hit 54% of their shots. They hit 46% of their threes. I mean, uh Torian Prince, former Hawk, was 2 of 2 from the three-point line. Landry Shamet was 2 of 2 from the three-point line. It was a lot of really just amazing uh, shot-making from the Nets that kept them in this game. Um, you know, if the Hawks are able to limit any of those, they come out with a win. They, they just played as well as you could offensively. And um, it, it's just, I really thought that early in the game you could tell how well the Hawks were playing and for the Nets to still be able to hang around that was just a very veteran move and this is a team that has not been together uh an extremely amount large amount of time with Kyrie and KD and they were able to hang around and then let their two superstars really do what superstars do at the end of the game I think one talking point about the end of the game is the Hawks were trying to cut the lead um they had it down to either one or three points Bogdan came down and took a deep three. He missed it. Jared Allen got the ball, and the Hawks had an opportunity to foul Jared Allen right away and keep it a two-possession game, potentially a one-possession game or two-possession game if Jared Allen hits the shots. The Hawks didn't foul. Uh, The Nets were able to pass the ball up ahead to Kevin Durant, who got a dunk, and that essentially ended the game. And so there was some late-game execution that I'm sure – Lloyd Pierce is not going to be happy about, and they'll walk through. But really, this was a game to see where the Hawks are at, and I thought they played extremely well. There was no fear at all from the Hawks. They didn't, uh, you know, look like they were backing down or anything. In fact, it, they sort of took the the game to the Nets, and the Nets were able to withstand that. So it was just a super encouraging performance from the Hawks. Um, I thought they played just as well as you could have asked. I think the big disappointing thing is the Danilo Gallinari injury. He came in, he hit his first two shots, including a three-pointer, and just going for a rebound, he rolled his ankle. He got tangled up with, I think, TLC, Timothy Luolo Cabaret of the Nets, and rolled his ankle, and he was just done. You could tell immediately he was done for the night, and I don't know how long that's going to keep Gallo out hopefully not too long because he just looked really great and he just I mean you talk about offensive performances I the Hawks probably score 175 points if Danilo stays in the game but um that was that was the big loss for the Hawks and 
it'll be see interesting to see if maybe Nathan Knight gets some run in the second game or or what uh, sort of changes each coaching staff makes going forward. I know that the Nets are going to hammer on not fouling Trey, and I think the Hawks are going to hammer on not letting Joe Harris get free on the three-point line because he just tore the Hawks up and really kept the Nets in this. Uh, finally, I want to talk a little bit about Vince joining Bob and Dominique in the broadcast booth. I thought he did a wonderful job. It was so cool to hear Vince talk about his experience in the NBA and just his close experience with this Atlanta Hawks team. He taught talk specifically about working with Kevin Herter and John Collins. And one of the coolest anecdotes was John Collins had a beautiful left-handed layup over Jared Allen. And Vince just talked about how he really harped on to John Collins that you need to be able to use your left hand. Your left hand is such a weapon. And if you're able to do that, no one will stop you. And to see John Collins be able to put that into the game, really have a beautiful Euro step for a big man and have that left-hander go in it was just really cool to have Vince in there he's going to join Bob and Nick I think for a few more games I think five or or ten or so but he was a very nice voice in the uh on the broadcast team and I am excited to hear him have some more insight for this Atlanta Hawks squad going forward the Hawks play the Nets again on Friday in a rematch. Um, I don't know if we'll get another 140 to 140 game. That would be a lot of fun. Hey, you can sign me up for seven games of this later in the year. This would be a fun, a really fun playoff series. But the as I said in the intro, 72-0 is dead, but hopefully the Hawks can start another winning streak and we'll see where they go from here. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!